0: Hey Brian, welcome back to Breaking Content.
1: Hey Matt. Yeah, we're back.
0: God, as a few weeks went by.
1: (laughs) It's been a while. It's been (laughs)
0: been a while. It's been 30
1: seconds.
0: Yeah, it's been 30 (laughs) seconds. We're not gonna lie to the we're not gonna lie to the audience. We're we're doing this in one hour takes every month and then breaking it out into two episodes. That's how we're doing breaking content. Hopefully, sharing this stuff being useful for you. The creator or the founder getting into content marketing. We left it off sort of talking about why we're doing this stuff, why we're both kind of building media brands. I might be a couple steps ahead of you in the air quote media brand world. You're just kicking things off. I've actually titled this episode, The Process, talking about like what you're, how you're putting this all together. We talked about your office being in shambles and you're (laughs) going about building up everything. That's what I wanted to get into today, but happy to take it in a different direction if if you're thinking something else.
1: The process is perfect. I actually want to ask you about You know, I've been following your stuff for a while, but I'm not really in the WordPress space. So I haven't been tuned into all of your channels lately with WP Minute, but I am kind of curious to know, maybe briefly off the top of here, like, give me like a rundown of like, what's your product? What what do you actually publish on a weekly basis? You've got like a, what is it like a podcast episode and a newsletter? And like, what is, what does the lineup look like for you week to week?
0: Yeah. So let's jam it all into uh, the career because my career at Gravity Forms is also content creation. And then there's the side hustle, which is the WP Minute. And now we have the side side hustle, which is breaking content. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, well, but but I am curious about, because in the previous episode, you were talking about WP Minute as a business asset and it, it evolved or it launched after Matt Report and a big driver for you was make it a, build a media brand that doesn't have the word Matt in it. So if if we're thinking about that as a standalone business asset that who knows, like maybe someday in the future, you might sell that asset. What would go with it? Like what, what what's in that package?
0: Yeah, so the WP Minute publishes at minimum two blog posts a month from a contributing editor, Eric Karkovac. I pay him to write generally about WordPress professionals. Some newsworthy topics, like a big change in WordPress happens, he's writing about that and how it relates to WordPress professionals. His cost to me as a business was a lot higher in the beginning of the year because I was selling a bunch of advert a bunch of sponsorships and I was like oh man I can I can really bring him on more full like almost literally full-time and then everyone started tightening up their belts and, and actually scaling back on what they were offering up for sponsorship dollars so I've kind of had to claw back his time so at minimum he's writing and and he's really part of the business. Like he's all in with like helping me grow it and do all this stuff. So he writes two columns every month. I publish uh, a weekly, what I'm calling now the best five minutes of WordPress every week. So that goes out either Thursday or Friday, depending on like what's happening in the WordPress world. And that is published as a blog post, goes out as a newsletter and is also a recorded audio uh podcast. It's like episodes. solo,
1: like you, you're running Just down me. like the the, the headlines yeah. for the week in WordPress.
0: It's monologue. And, and what happened was like, I went all in with WordPress news and WordPress journalism. I won't get into like too deep of like why I think that's important, but WordPress is a massive segment of the web. And it's also the most democratized piece of software that Impacts millions of people.
1: Yeah, um, I like that focus and, as a as a like, journalist, like, like a journalism. Yeah, so focus.
0: like I think it's important how and there's. And I thought it was interesting how you how
1: you you're. I think you said his name was Eric. Yeah, he's not writing articles. He's not writing blog posts. You you called it. He's writing a column. Yes, I, yeah, I like it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we like we we looked at it. You know, we looked at it pretty objectively, like that. And I I initially started. The WP Minute as an exercise in community journalism where that membership, those people who who joined the membership for $79 a year, one, it was a vote of I like your stuff and here's a here's a here's my way of like supporting you. But also it got them into a Slack channel. And if like you were really into the WordPress news, what that's where we were curating a lot of what was going into our our weekly article. So if you and we were giving people credit, so if you were in there, Brian, you'd be like, Hey, I think that this is important, this is important, and that made it into our air quotes news cycle, you know, you'd be credited in the newsletter.
1: You know, know, that's a I love that pattern. I was just last week, I was speaking to um Drew Riley, he's the founder of uh trends.vc uh, on my other podcast on Open Threads, and he does a very similar thing. Like his newsletter is talking about every newsletter is like a a, a big trend in the wider internet industry, right? But they have a pro membership. And, and he was talking about how like most of the content and the links and, and leads and stuff that, that get promoted in the newsletter come from finds that the members are sharing in their discord or slack or whatever they're using, you know? Yeah. So that like that, so in terms of like models for a media company, you've got like your public facing blog posts, podcast, YouTube channel. And then there's like this, usually like a paid private membership that can be a revenue source, but it could also be a source of, of content to keep that treadmill going. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that, that's the balance of like keeping this all together. Like you have this membership model, you have the sponsorship model, revenue on the YouTube channel, uh, anyway, back to your initial question of like, what's going out every week. So you've got, for me personally, it's one five minute episode. It's one, one, I'll call a one hour episode. It's never really an hour. It's about 30 to 40 minutes, but that's the WP Minute Plus. That's two different podcasts. This is where I could have changed things up, but you can have an argument for both sides. So I feel like the core product of the WP Minute is the five minute podcast. Because it's five minutes, <laughs> right? And I think for the average WordPress user, I'm thinking like mom and pop shop. That's like where I want to go with that audience because it's millions of people, millions. You have people who, you know, and what I want to talk about there is let's say you're a mom and pop shop, you run WooCommerce to sell your muffins down the street and you have a bakery and you're selling muffins online with WooCommerce. Let's just say that's the case. I want somebody who's that average user to tune into two minutes of something that's super important that's changing about, let's say, WooCommerce. Let's say all of a sudden they change taxes, the way they manage taxes or shipping or this big security breach. This is why I think it's important that the average user tunes into something that's uber important like that in two to five minutes.
1: Maybe I'm I'm just less in tune with WordPress in general. I know it's so massive and it powers so much of the web, but I feel like I would be surprised to to hear that a small business owner who is not in the web industry and they're just using WordPress for their website, they probably hired somebody to implement WordPress for their website. I don't know how tuned in they would be to WordPress news? I, I would think that the, your audience, correct me if I'm wrong, it seems to me like they would be the WordPress freelancer, the WordPress agency owner, maybe the plugin developer.
0: I have to look at it in a, in a few different ways, the audience. So the MAT report, one of the issues is, and transitioning into my heavy coverage of WordPress news for the last three years, was it's a very limited audience. And by limited, I think the ceiling is 10,000 English-speaking people across the entire globe.
1: Of like professionals who are working in WordPress.
0: Professionals who are working in WordPress, whom also care about the news and business of, Hmm. right? How do I get to that number? Well, I've been doing it for 12 years and I know what my stats are. (laughs) And I think I have a pretty good sense of the English speaking folks who tune into this kind of content. And then I look at other big membership sites like PostStatus. I won't reveal their numbers here. It's public. Like you could look for it, but I know what they have. And then if you log into WordPress.org, their Slack channel, which is public, is only 44,000 people across the entire world who are in the Slack channel. Of those 44,000, when we have big WordPress events like WordCamp US, WordCamp Europe, WordCamp Asia, those all average between 1,500 to 2,000 attendees Mm. each. So that professional network, I think, Matt Report and the WP Minute Plus conversations hit a a ceiling at 10,000. Now, if you look at my YouTube channel, which is for tutorials, WordPress tutorials and stuff like that, 15,000 subscribers, that audience is way bigger because they're just like, show me how to use this WordPress thing. I don't care what Matt Mullenweg is doing. I don't care that Awesome Motive purchased my favorite plugin for, you know, $700,000. I just want to know how to do this thing in WordPress. That is a massive audience, but still capped you know at a, at a certain degree of like who's using wordpress. Yeah,
1: but if you look at Awesome Motive like in WP Beginner, that's right. that's their audience. They're, they they had blog posts on like how to use this and that plugin, you know. Right. Right. So
0: there's and that's why I shifted away from sort of WordPress News because it was very hard to sell sponsorships, you know, into into that space. Mind you, I feel like my ratio is again is is really good because for the size audience that I have for the revenue income that I the revenue that I make from this from this software or from this uh, sponsorship is a testament of good content hyper focused audience and trust
1: mm-hmm. yeah but right? i I also think that like even though yeah there might be a ceiling on the total number of of uh, professionals in the WordPress space in the world but I would think, again, I don't know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think that there's, that's, that, that can be a very, very valuable audience to sponsors, Yeah. right? Like software companies sponsoring your, your program, right? Because that's another, that's another thing that I've been, as I'm planning my stuff is like this idea of like valuable audiences and there has to be overlap with what I'm passionate about and what I could actually spend lots of hours every week producing content around. But I think, I think you and I are both, we, we happen to be lucky that we're in, you're in WordPress, but, but we're both in like the software internet web industry at, at large. And that is, is also like a, a relatively high value audience. Like you don't, in other words, you don't need to have high audience numbers in order to charge re- relatively high dollar amounts for, per impression. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, if I was doing pop culture, forget about it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know. Right. Fifteen thousand YouTube subscribers, like they wouldn't do anything for you. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. But you, you know. could. You know. Now I'm blanking on her name. She's the founder of They Got Acquired.
0: Oh, I know. I, yeah. I don't know her name, but I. Oh man. I.
1: I met her last year too. It'll come to me. We'll, we'll we'll link it up. You know, like as of last year. Now now their audience is much larger, probably. But like just a couple of like thousand of of like newsletter subscribers and and they're selling like thousands of dollars of sponsors because they got acquired that's attracting like investors that's attracting like you know startup funds and and entrepreneurs like that's an entrepreneurial and an investor audience who you know people would pay a lot of money to even if it's like not that much yeah um you know numbers yeah so
0: yeah four or eight eight podcast episodes a month four, one hour long, four, five minutes, and then four YouTube videos. I I just started pushing back into, into YouTube because it's a lot of work as you, as you already know, and as you're probably going to experience getting, you know, back into this.
1: That's also what I want to ask you about is is the process. Like, all right. So yeah. Okay. Eric is doing the written content, but you, is it you solely you doing the recording and editing and publishing and, and edit and everything? Yeah.
0: Yep. So I write the monologue, which is, you know, for that five-minute podcast, I'm in probably like two to three hours worth of complete work. Um, The Mm. interviews are a lot less stressful because it's just interview, and then I actually use Claude AI to summarize the the episodes for me and use that as like the show notes summary from when I publish those. So there's a less, a lot less cognitive load for me there.
1: How much but work are you doing on the editing?
0: Very minimal. I'm pretty good at it now where I'll load up uh, Descript, bring those episodes in. And I just have a pretty, in fact, I just recorded a whole new intro outro set yesterday. So I have those Pre-recorded intro outro sets, which is my sponsorships and my call to actions in and out. And then when I load everything into Descript, I do filler word removal. And you, so
1: you do the automated filler filler word?
0: Just on ums and ahs. Yep. But I still listen through the episode. Okay. So I'll still listen through at like one and a half time speed generally. Because sometimes I'll put those back in. Make it more uh, natural. Because sometimes, yeah, because sometimes it's like too, too rough mm-hmm. and then put in the intro outros and, you know, sometimes I'll see myself and, you know, this as a podcast, so it's like sometimes I spend more time editing myself out than I do my guests. Mm. So I'll see like this big sort of build up to a question because it's a big thought process happening when I'm talking to a person and I'll cut that all out. I mean, like, it's all right, funny. let's get with, right uh, to the question.
1: With Bootstrapped Web, we, we've moved to having no editor and... Yeah. And I just, I I currently use a tool called called Alitu, um, Alitu. I I don't know. He's got to change the name. The the name doesn't make. (laughs) But I've I've been I just looked was looking at Descript again yesterday. I feel like I come in here like once a year and like every year it it gets a lot better.
0: It is a lot better now. Like the, the filler word the remember super last super
1: harsh. Yeah. Last year when I was doing it's it, way it was smoother. too harsh. I like, couldn't use it. And now and I just tried it yesterday. I was like, oh, that, this could be an automated way to do it. But like with, with Bootstrap yeah. Web, like I don't listen to it. I just do the, like clean up the, like do the audio compression stuff and then just publish. And and it's like, we, yeah. we record and then it's live like within a half an hour, yeah. you know? Yeah. But like, yeah. yeah. But, but for open threads, which I'm bringing back. And then my YouTube channel, like that's where I'm going to be much more careful. Like that's where I'm taking it much more seriously. So literally this week, I'm starting to work out like which tools are we going to be using? What's the process for our editing? And and how can how can I balance between high quality output and like human editorial, like deciding like this is important, let's highlight that versus like not spending a ton of hours on, on the post-production, you know?
0: The YouTube stuff is going to be interesting. I'm, I'm uh, really looking forward to future episodes talking to you about, about YouTube. Not that you haven't done YouTube before, but when I started the, the channel, this goes back many years ago, I don't know, seven or eight years ago, it was called plugin tut at the time. And I switched it to WP minute when I launched WP minute, but I got super burned out, like burned out to the point where I didn't, I didn't even log into the account. And then one day I got the AdSense check for a hundred bucks and I was like, Oh, let me log back in and see what happened. And it grew by like 2000 subscribers just because of search and SEO. And these were topics that people were looking for, but I got super burned out from just cranking out videos, editing the videos, uploading them and then seeing no views. Mm-hmm. Like it really, like really drained me. And even today, like today, today, in 2023, you know, I'm a competitive person. I'm always pushing for the highest level of quality. I'm always dissatisfied in what I put out, <laughs> right? Like I'm always like, I could have done better here. I could have done better there. And YouTube is tough because it tells you it, that when you're not performing,
1: <laughs> Yeah, Right?
0: there's a, in the YouTube app, it'll tell you like where you're ranking and you'll put a shitload of effort into a video and It'll just do nothing, and you'll be like, "What the fuck?" Well, I'll, and then you'll spend like two minutes doing one video, and it'll be one, you know, one of ten. It'll bring you all the traffic, and you're like, "What the hell happened?" Yeah,
1: my the way that I'm thinking about it right now, and I might be in for a rude awakening in, in the next <laughs> couple of months. But the way that I'm thinking about it is number one between the different channels, these there's, the ones that I'm thinking about for instrumental products, my media brand that I'm starting up here. Strategically, the way the way that I think about it is: there's, we have a YouTube channel, we have my email newsletter, there's going to be my Twitter, and LinkedIn. Those are the four channels that I care about. Not touching anything else. The YouTube channel, uh, and to a lesser degree, Twitter and LinkedIn. But it's it all starts on the YouTube channel. Like that's the main focus. Eighty percent of my effort and time is going to be on producing videos and and then from from the script and from the concept for this week's video breaks out a concept for a couple of tweets and a and a concept for a LinkedIn post. And I'll convert that script into a written newsletter for for that week. Right. But it all starts on on YouTube. And the and the way and then and then there's the podcast I, I, I forgot to say the, the podcast, which under the umbrella of, of instrumental products I, I consider Open Threads part of that brand. Um, that so Open Threads, the podcast, and the email newsletter are what I consider to be relationship channels. Like you already know me, you you've already found my stuff somewhere else. Now you've actually subscribed to the podcast or you've put your email in for the newsletter. So now we're going to go deep. We're going to go long term because it's a relationship. But YouTube is discovery. That's like every week I'm putting out a new product that hopefully will be served up by their algorithm and expose me to brand new people who've never heard of me before. And you could, you could make the same argument that Twitter and LinkedIn are for that as well, you know, cause they, those two operate on algorithms. So if I, if I produce content that might be super annoying to our friends on Twitter, but, but also might be served up to a lot of people on you know, if, if, if it, if it satisfies the algorithm and it, it would need to be tailored for each individual platform, that's what, what I see as like the production line, you know, so all the effort is really on YouTube. And then I, that's where I don't know, like within the, within YouTube. So 80% of my effort is going there. The The way that I'm thinking about it in theory, I haven't actually started this workflow is there's two types of YouTube videos that I could post. There is the search engine op- or YouTube search engine optimization videos. So like pick a topic, do some YouTube keyword research on it, look at competing, you know, cover some popular tool, cover some popular thing that people are searching for, you know, how to build something in rails or how to use Tailwind CSS or something, you know, th- lots and lots of topics like that, that can, that can get views from people from using the search in YouTube. And then the other half of the videos that I would do would be more algorithm driven. So how do you describe these? These are more like thought provoking curiosity driven sort of stuff makes you want to click to find out what, what is that thing? It scratches some, some weird itch. So I don't expect people to find these videos by searching for anything, but it should show up on somebody's home YouTube home screen or in the suggestive videos on the side because it, because the algorithm knows like, Hey, you might like this. So look at this thumbnail and see if you want to click it. You know,
0: have you looked at other YouTube creators who are doing, covering similar things in that
1: Yeah, in that way? I have.
0: And I mean, you don't have to name them, but do you, do you look at what they're doing and there's a, is there enough of a, of a footprint there to say, okay, I like, this person has I don't know a hundred thousand subscribers. I know I got room. here. There's different go.
1: pockets and there's different. You know, it's like a bit. It's a big multi-circle Venn diagram, right? So, you know, there's there's like a SaaS startup land. People like how to how to start and be successful in launching and growing a SaaS business. There, there's that, but then there's a there, there's also a big ecosystem of learn how to code and within that you've got rails land you've got laravel land you've got wordpress mm-hmm. land you've got mm-hmm. javascript land like there's all these different areas yeah and then and and then like within the and th- the way that i'm thinking about it for myself is sort of merging the two Co- learn learn to code learn to build and and then there's also design land use use figma you know ui design and all the all this kind of stuff there's huge pockets on youtube for that kind of stuff um my angle on it and there's there's other people doing this sort of thing but my angle is i want to teach how to design and build and launch products but i'm not going to teach you enough to be an enge- like an engineer that could be hired at google i can't teach you that i'm not i'm not that good but i can definitely teach you enough to build and ship and bootstrap your own product whether it's a small saas product or a plugin or a Chrome extension or something like that. Like I'll, I'll have lots of tutorials on covering all, all different types of products, but when it comes to designing, when it comes to building and shipping and even like a little bit of product marketing and like how to design and, and, and launch a landing page, how to collect email addresses and bring them into your product customer research. There's so many different branches of this tree that you can go down, you know, but like that. And, and are you going to take that angle?
0: Like, are you going to say, you're, you're here at my YouTube channel, which will turn you into an indie product maker.
1: The way that I, yeah, I was talking about like the two types of videos. One is like a search intent video. The other is like a thought provoking video. The search intent I would imagine would, would be, let me show you how to build this, build popular thing in popular framework, right? That's like a search driven video. There'll be a bunch of those type of videos. And then the thought Stuff will be more like entrepreneurship. You know, if you've never launched a product before, let me help let, let me teach you some like mindset tricks to get out of like selling your time for money as a freelancer to you know, opening opening your eyes to what it could look like to, to build a product business or or how to how to get your first, you know, I don't I don't want to get I'm a little hesitant to get into like marketing and like how to get into sales and lead generation and stuff. I want to focus more on the product strategy, product creation, product launch. But I do think that there's like, there's a bootstrapper mentality to be taught, like how to stay lean, how to, you know,
0: Yeah, I mean, when I look at the surface area of WordPress YouTubers, I kind of know my range, which is, you know, anyone who is spending, I mean, there's just a handful of YouTubers out there who actually spend a majority of their content on WordPress that even, like, touch a million subscribers. You start to go go beyond, if you go into, like, web design, then you start going beyond WordPress, then those number counts go further up. And then the people who are really, like, in the trenches of WordPress, even, you know, beyond me... Like they'll go 150, 200,000 subscribers. These are people who are covering, and this is why I was asking like where your core focus is because I've seen that I've, that the algorithm treats us all in our different pockets of coverage. What do I mean by that? There are guys that, and girls that will cover just Divi, just Mm -hmm. Elementor, you know, and it's this, and that's all it is. It's this constant rotation. And what I've fallen into, and i found that my content does the best, is when I cover, which just released, which is the new default theme 2024, right? So every year WordPress launches a new theme around this time of year when they come up with a new end-of-year cycle, release cycle for WordPress. So it's 2023, 2024, 2022, and all of those videos that I've done have always done really, really well, because I don't think any other YouTubers mm-hmm. are covering it like, like me in, as in-depth. So YouTube says, "Hey man, when anyone's searching for the new theme, this guy's got it." Versus, like, if I cover Elementor, there are so many like affiliate YouTube channels that are out there Mm -hmm. that have been pumping Elementor content that like the YouTube algorithm doesn't even look at me, right? So
1: yeah, you know, I found my lane. Between like finding something, like, is it over competitive or is it is there an opportunity there? Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I've I found my lane, and the other thing as we wrap up this episode. And I'm interested again, to see how like you take this. I don't do YouTube shorts.
1: Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm behind on, on YouTube. Short. Like I, ha- I haven't done them and I haven't even spent much time learning about them. I'm, I'm just right now still focused on like the, the longer form, but I feel like at some point yeah. I'm going to need to incorporate it into the process. And I don't seen, know like, what the, what, maybe, you know, like, what is the, what is the go-to strategy? Is it like, if you have a 10 minute video, maybe you can cut out the most interesting 60 seconds and make it a short or no.
0: Yeah, I mean, from all of my research and following, like, I follow Roberto Blake. He's a a pretty well-known YouTube creator, covers YouTube stuff for YouTubers. And it's almost like, don't even touch shorts unless you're going to be all in with shorts. Because, Hmm. like the world of Google, yeah, Pandora's Box, is you see these creators that have the average 10-minute videos, long-form videos, and their shorts just destroy their their ranking because it's just like hey all you want is the short content we're never going to surface but i do
1: wonder about i i wonder how effect like how what's what's the quality level of a viewer on a youtube short versus a viewer who watches 10 minutes of your or more of your of your long form videos I'd, I think I'd have to go, think that the long form viewer is much more valuable to you as a hundred yeah, percent,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Because I think the sh- the shorts type of viewer is like a TikTok pop, viewer.
1: There's pop culture, they're yeah,
0: comedy. Like, is this thing entertaining to me right now? Do I want this right now? No one is ever going to be like, "Ooh, that was a cool tutorial," mm-hmm. you know. Like, let me go into. It. So I just stay. I just stay clear of it. And just for those listening, YouTube is now ingesting podcast feeds mm. i also don't put that on my main youtube channel because god knows what like a 45 minute episode of a of a just a static image is going to do to the rest of your algorithm the rest you
1: know of the this is something that i need to like sort of fix and clean up in my in my youtube like i'm starting this journey starting with my current channel which has accumulated like two thousand subscribers over the past 10 years of of me not really caring what i throw up on there you know, and lately it's just been a bunch of like long form podcast episodes that I just happen to publish to YouTube. And I probably need to go back and fix that, maybe unpublish them, break them up. And, and my thought there, I'm curious what you do is like, if I, on like open threads on that, on my podcast there, I'll break up each episode into two or three, eight to 10 minute segments where we talked about a particular topic. And I'll publish that as, cause that, that's a topic that can, that can deserve one YouTube video, not the entire episode. Yeah. Just, you know, cause you look at like, like Conan O'Brien's, you know, thing, like he's got, he has a long form episode on the podcast and he releases five or six YouTube videos out of that, you know, yeah, a lot, yeah. of, a lot of the the big names sort of like do, do that format.
0: Yeah. If you, if certainly if you bring them in as full length clips, but I would also Like if you're doing that with a podcast, I would also make sure that the podcast is like a video recording first. Because like if it's a static image, it's not going to help, I don't think, in my
1: opinion. You mean put the the full episode of the podcast on YouTube?
0: Yeah. Like if you did both, which, which even again, like I don't do because I'm super cautious of it. I just don't want it to ruin my, mm-hmm. the algorithm that I already have. I've seen, so I spun I've been different I, things. I yeah,
1: like I, I, I probably would do that. Another one that I've been tuning into lately is Jay Klaus. His, his he he's got a great podcast and and YouTube channel. And I noticed that not all of them, but most of his podcast episodes are full length YouTube videos, but it, it is edited differently for YouTube. Yeah, like they yeah. put a lot more effort into all the framing of, of things and like the intro is a little bit different on youtube and stuff like that
0: cool man this is a a great sort of bird's eye view of our process and what we're what i'm working on currently what you're about to work on so when we get into the next episode it'll be interesting to see what's changed for you yeah breakingcontent.co join the email list is the best way to stay connected see you in the next episode brian
1: later man Now it's time for our last segment, our robots taking over the world. Or as I'd like to say, what are you doing with AI?
0: So I finally purchased a Claude.ai subscription. Uh, I find Claude to be much more useful for helping me generate transcripts and creating show notes over even ChatGPT4. So they were pretty smart. They, of course they were. It's kind of a weird thing to say about an AI company. But they... Finally, limited the amount of information you could, uh, or how many questions you could ask Claude AI over a certain period. So they throttled me, and they finally said, "Hey, if you want to upgrade to get access to this, it's twenty bucks a month." It's like, you know what? This is this is the most useful AI tool that I use, so I'm going
1: to do it. So Claude AI sort of wins out for me recently. Thanks for listening to Breaking Content, a limited series podcast. Produced, edited, and recorded by Matt Maderos. Co-hosted by Brian Castle. Sign up for the newsletter at www.breakingcontent.co. Search for Breaking Content in your favorite podcast app and follow us. One more time for those of you in the back. Sign up for our newsletter at www.breakingcontent.co. See you in the next episode.